Hello everyone, this is Trisha Staley. I am a psychotherapist in Metro Detroit, Michigan. Under normal circumstances, of course, I practice um, in a office in St. Clair Shores. And this is, I believe, my sixth or seventh, I actually lost count, (laughs) of my Pandemic Monday podcast. And Today, what I wanted to talk about is something that was actually fueled by several instances, several examples that I have witnessed or heard about, and that being when you have a friend or a family member, a loved one, maybe you're in a relationship with someone or you have some folks, plural, in your life, that will not socially distance, they will not follow the rules, they will not follow the guidelines. Um, Perhaps some of them even believe that this entire thing is a hoax. They should not have to wear a mask. They should not have to stand at least six feet apart from you. Um, And they're not abiding by that and don't seem to be understanding that you are and that you would like them to do so. Um, I've, I've even heard situations where people are actually getting made fun of by these individuals that are not adhering to the guidelines. So I want to talk about this a little bit. I want to talk about a couple of my own personal examples. And I want to talk about what some of the do's are and the don'ts are in working with people like this to try as hard as you possibly can to not damage the relationship too severely. So I'm going to start off by talking about my next door neighbors. Um, Way back, it seems like a long time ago now, um, though it really wasn't that long ago, three months ago when this whole um, situation began, I was noticing that my next door neighbors were pretty consistently on an every weekend basis having parties. They were having, I'm not entirely certain if it was if it was other family members or friends or both, but I can tell you that in a home that is about 1,100 square feet that does not have a basement, does not even have really a backyard, Um, and onwards and upwards of roughly about 25 to 30 people at a time for many weekends there, um, I was absolutely infuriated. And I thought, in the beginning, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's just a, you know, one-time thing. You know, maybe they just haven't, it hasn't really like sunk in yet about what they need to be doing and whatnot. And then it became very apparent that this was going on pretty much consistently every weekend. Um, And it has not slowed down. And matter of fact, since our orders here in Michigan have gotten slightly lifted a little bit um, this past weekend, I noticed that it was even worse. So this this is something that has not been taken seriously by them um, and, and has this entire time. I have never once seen a mask worn by any of them over there, nor the individuals that frequent their house for these parties that they're having or gatherings. Um, there is absolutely no socially social distancing going on, that's for sure, because like I said, this house is not exactly the biggest house in the, in the world. And um, I... 
I literally was on the verge earlier on of, of calling the sheriff's department. And my husband kind of stopped me in my tracks and reminded me that it is not my job to police the neighborhood. It is not my job to call the sheriff's department on these individuals and report them. Um, and as it turns out, I don't think they ever really got in trouble for it, but I will tell you their reputation has been severely damaged throughout our neighborhood. And I know this because we have spoken with our neighbors. Um, I have seen many, many people over the, the you know last 10, 12 weeks walking by with their dogs, with their families, and just staring at the house on the weekends like, what are they doing? So, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I probably could have taken a firmer position on it. But as I said, my husband gently reminded me that it is not my job to police other people. And we do not know these people very well as it is. And so I had to take a step back. I had to evaluate my own level of control and my own level of power in this situation. And so I kind of let nature, if you will, take its course. Another example that I have is actually not my own. Um, it was a, it was a um, broadcast of a, a radio show that I listened to on a pretty regular basis in the mornings. And this was a gentleman that was calling in with concerns about his girlfriend who he had been living with for about, about five, six months now. And the bottom line was she just kind of decided that she didn't really want to adhere to the governor's orders anymore. And so she was like just having these, these parties and inviting everybody and their brother who would then invite everybody and their brother to them without consulting her, her, her living boyfriend and he called the show because he basically was like, either she ships up and takes this seriously, especially considering that I'm a healthcare worker, or the relationship is done. And the bottom line is, by the end of that show, the relationship was done. She was not willing to bend. She point blank said, I'm a very social person. I can't deal with this, this stay-at-home order anymore. I need to be around my people, and he should just understand that. And if he can't understand that, then we need to just break up. And so they did, live on the air, I might add. Now, these are obviously two local, very extreme examples, but I think that they illustrate some important points. There are those that are taking these social distancing guidelines and CDC, you know, guidelines very seriously. You know, folks like you and I, when we go out, we wear a mask, you know, we take that seriously. And then there are others who just are not willing to do it. They feel as though their perceived internal level of power and control is being taken away and they don't like it. And so... How do you navigate this when maybe you do have a family member or you have a, a very close friend? Maybe it's even your spouse. I've had some clients that I've, I've spoken with that, that they're dealing with this with their spouse. And it's incredibly challenging, particularly when you live in the same house as the other individual. So I'm going to start off by telling you what the the no's are, the do not do's are. 
Never, ever call the person names. Refrain 110% from saying you are ignorant, you are stupid, you are... Um, you are ridiculous. I, I mean, these are all the things that I, I have I've heard from folks. Refrain from the name calling. Okay. Um, also, refrain from what we call generalizing and globalizing. And what that means is that instead of saying to the person, you always mess things up, you always do stupid stuff like this, you want to keep it very specific you want to keep it very iMessage centered. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit when I talk about the do's and the things that you should do when dealing with these particular particular people. Excuse me. Um, and finally, I would caution people on relaying facts to others. Like if you've read an article and you think that article is really good and that article seems to really lay out the you know, the reasons and the justifications for why you should wear a mask and socially distance. And you kind of lecture that other person with that, you know, that mountain of evidence that you are so convinced by. Don't expect that to go over very well um, because they can always argue that that is not exactly factual and that you can't always trust the news. So I, I caution people on that. Be cautious about what you read and definitely be cautious about what you share with others because you just don't know exactly where they stand on this stuff. Um, and so what, what do we do? What, what can help us deal with individuals like this? Again, whether it's a family member, a friend, a spouse, a neighbor, um, you know, whomever it may be on, you know, helping them to respect our stance, but also not caving to, like I just said, the name calling, the generalizing, the globalizing, the, the shaming and all of that. I think it's really important. One of my, my most favorite phrases, and I use this in a lot of circumstances and a lot of different contexts with a lot of different clients, and it's this. Seek to understand versus being understood. And what I mean by that is seek to listen. You know, you are not going to win any brownie points. You are not going to win any trophies by trying to explain to the person why your way is the right way. Okay. And your way very well may be the right way. But it's not going to get you very far when you're navigating these, these various relationships with people. They will tune right out. They will get defensive and they will not want to listen to an iota of what you have to say. You've got to keep it very specific in terms of what you're asking for. And you need to seek to understand versus being understood. Being understood is basically a form of lecturing, okay? And lecturing is not going to work. It is not going to work with some of our older folks. It is not going to work with teenagers. It is not going to work with some kids. It is not going to work with some spouses. It's not going to work with some of your friends. Trust me, it does not work. Um, remember that shaming is the opposite of empathy, and when you are really hearing someone and hearing where they're coming from on this issue, you are exhibiting empathy. It's a powerful tool. Use it. 
And along those lines, I think a great, great technique that you can use with folks when you're trying to understand them, whether it's about this pandemic, really in general, whether you're trying to understand their opposite end of the spectrum politically, whatever it may be, is to to pretend, you know, even if you have to pretend, okay, really let them know that you're interested in why they hold the stance that they do. And so a great phrase to use along the lines of these struggles with social distancing and all this is to say to the person, or pardon me, ask the person, what is the hardest part about this situation for you? What are you really struggling with along those lines? You know, what, what's going on there? This is a technique. I'm not going to tell you that this is going to work 100% of the time, but it actually has proven to work quite well because when you do that, you are exhibiting concern. Like I said, you are not shaming them. You are exhibiting empathy. And the person really, really believes that you are genuinely interested in what they have to say. You, you probably will not agree, but it's their journey, not yours. And it's very interesting to hear from some people what comes up when you ask them that question. They could have some childhood trauma. We just don't know. They could have grown up in a household where, you know, may, maybe there were just too many kids and they were, they were you know, they... Um, you know, felt like they were confined or they, or they felt, um, you know, that, that they had a controlling parent or, you know, maybe, maybe their parents were distant conversely and were never around. Maybe they were neglected or abused. And so this social distancing thing really uh, triggers them. It, it, it ignites, you know, some, some inner trauma that maybe they have never really completely dealt with. You just don't know who you're dealing with. That's my point. Um, Elderly people in particular, and I'm, I'm certainly not saying all, okay, I, I, I don't want to generalize this, but there are some that I have found are really struggling with this concept of social distancing, but it's not really what you think. It's not that they don't take it seriously, they do, but therein lies the problem. They feel very isolated. They already oftentimes do not have a lot of people come to visit them. And so this is like really causing them a great deal of fear, a lot of sadness, and a lot of depression. So be, be cautious with the elderly because they, they are already socially isolated and socially distanced enough. You know, with them, I really uphold to the belief that you need to try to seek to understand even more than you would with, with a non-elderly person. You know, hear them out, let them talk. They'll appreciate it. So as I said, you definitely do not want to name call. You do not want to generalize. You do not want to globalize. You do not want to overstate the facts in terms of sharing articles and all of that. You want to seek to understand versus being understood. You want to um, ask inquiring questions like what is the hardest part about this pandemic for you? And remember, A1 priority, do not shame, use empathy. And I would also mention here, and, and this is just a general rule of thumb, it, it really applies to any situation where there might be conflict or disagreements or 
you know, different perspectives on something, you know, of a pretty big caliber, you know, whether it's an election, um, which actually there is one of those this year, too. We got lots of pandemics going on, folks. Um, use iMessages. Just really try to polish those up. They're important in normal times. They're important all the time. But man, are they important now. I cannot emphasize that one enough. This is something I am working on polishing up myself. I am not perfect with it. God knows I did not grow up in a household that used iMessages. That's for sure. I had to learn how to do it. Um, and it's very challenging, okay? But now is really the time to polish those up because you're going to be using them a lot in the months to come. And what do I mean by iMessages for those of you that might not be familiar? An iMessage is simply a statement and a request that you issue to someone else based on a preference or a viewpoint that you hold. For example, instead of saying to someone, you are being ridiculous because you're not wearing a mask when you're going out in public, you might say something to the person like this in a calm, rational demeanor. I worry about the two of us getting sick or, or becoming ill. And so I would ask, could we please wear our masks when we go out to the store together or when we go to the, the park or, you know, whatever the case may be. Okay, you can fill in the blanks there. But very important, you really want to, to you, you want to present being a role model you know, you know, and paving the way and demonstrating how this can be done. You want to be anti-defensive to evoke an anti-defensive reaction, if that makes sense. Um, finally, I, I just want to say this. There are going to be instances when there are going to be people that you just, and I think people know this, I know this, you know, there's going to be instances when people are just not going to, they're not going to back down from their standpoint. They are not going to wear a mask. They are not, you know, they're not going to, um, you know, properly social distance. They are not going to, to understand how deeply you care about the issue and that they don't. Um, that's all, that's all they know is that they don't take it seriously and that's all they care about. So with those people, it may reach a point where you are going to have to establish a very difficult boundary with them. I have had to do it with some people. It has not been easy. Um, and in truth, there are a couple people I do not know that will be in my life after this is over. But the reality is, is that I have to take care of myself. I have to take care of my own health. And I want to worry about, about everybody else's as well. And so that's that's the position that I stick to. And, what, and um, getting back to what I was saying about the final position that you may have to take with some of these more difficult folks, you may have to set some boundaries. And it, it may be very challenging and difficult to do. What does it look like? Say, for example, you have a, um, I'll just say an aunt. And this aunt is not socially distancing. She's not taking it seriously. Um, she invites you over for a backyard barbecue and you think, okay, well, you know, there's only going to be like, you know, five, six people there, you know, um, so what's the harm in going? Sure, I'll go. Okay. 
and you show up in your mask. Um, nobody else has a mask on. Nobody is socially distancing. And this trend continues on. This happens again, and it happens again, and it happens again. You may have to say to that said aunt, you know, if you are not willing to do what I am asking and what I am trying to demonstrate and taking it seriously, then I need to, remember, you want to use an I message, I need to step away from this situation for, for a time until this, until this is over. I need, I need to refrain from coming to your, to your place or from you coming to mine, whatever the circumstances are, like I said. Not easy to do, easier said than done, and, and the person probably will still get a little bit defensive, but, but you can walk away from the situation knowing that you are protecting you know, a number, many, many, many people, you know, by sticking to your guns and not just caving to what said aunt, I put that in quotes, aunt, is is doing or not doing, okay? So that is my talk for this week. It is Monday, June 8th, 2020. It is so hard to believe it is June and this year is basically half over. I have to shake myself to remind myself of that some days. Um, and I will be back next Monday, uh, presumably, with another podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great week.